podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback defense tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, man? I mean, look at besides my eyelashes being singed from all the hot takes on Twitter <laughs> during free agency, I, I'm actually doing well. Uh, how are you? I'm, I'm good. It's been a while. It's been a really long while. I, I feel like we're not going to be as good at, as, at podcasting now because we yep. took like a three-month break. Yeah, I mean, we have some some cobwebs. We have to get probably probably back into game game shape. I would say. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like Hakeem Nix right now. <laughs> do, we have, do we have compartmental syndrome we're, or whatever he has? Yeah, we're, we we are we are right now basically performing on one leg. Uh, but that's 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 how I feel. We how is how has the last three months been or for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty good for me. Uh, um, I've been, uh, you know, what I do during the off season is basically write a lot of fiction, um, uh, try to focus on other things besides uh, football because I'm so burned out by the end of, uh, you know, the end of December that um, I'm just looking to shift my focus anywhere. And I always, I always swear to myself that I'm not going to get sucked into the free agency rush, but man, that is that it's impossible. I mean. You know, you go on Twitter for five seconds, and and I just and I can't help it. I'm just like, it's like a you know a, a tornado. It just it right. just takes you. you know? Right. Well, you you avoided football so much that you went to a fantasy football conference in Las Vegas in January. Yeah, and that had but that had very little to do with fantasy football that's, for me. That's fair. <laughs> that's that's a fair point. Yeah. We so just for for listeners who who aren't aware, Denny and I finally met IRL. In real life, yes. In real life, we streamed everything, of course. Streamed our beers, right? We, we streamed clothing. You you made me have a Bud Light, which you know. I, did. I definitely did. Yeah, which was probably like nine dollars because it's Las Vegas. Oh yeah, I can't even. I mean, seriously, like I would look at the the drink bill and, and be like, no, I, I didn't pay for everyone here. Just just, <laughs> right, right. just me. Oh, oh oh, this is for my two my two drink. Oh, okay, all right, exactly, well. exactly. Yeah, it was that was a fun time though. That we but we didn't we didn't get the podcast even close to that time frame. It seems like it was so, it was so long ago. That was like two months ago now. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was the end of, uh, end of January, but, uh, uh, yeah. And, and apparently, um, for those of you who, who may have not seen this on Twitter, uh, fantasy analysts don't exist outside of the, what was it? The Bellagio, the Bellagio sports book, sports book. Right. I mean, I'm telling you it like when I say that I didn't see these guys outside of that sports book, I mean it. Okay. <laughs> Like, I, okay, I saw a few people outside the sports book. I saw, of course, Rich Rebar. Uh, we played a lot of blackjack together. I, I saw Pat Thorman. I saw Ross Miles. Uh, Silva. I saw. No, I did not see Silva outside the sports book. Actually, I didn't either. Right? No, I, I still don't believe he exists outside the sports book. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't see you outside. No, I did. No, you I did. did. You did. Uh, once. Well, I think. No, once. we went out. We went out on the Saturday or on. Friday night, and then in the morning, you, me, and Rich all had br- had a, a nice hearty brunch. Oh yeah, we did. We did. I had I had so much corn. You I, had, uh, they, I, yeah, I, you just took the corn spoon and just put it all <laughs> over your plate. 
Oh, and I said something bad about bacon, and you guys got so mad. Yeah, that's because you don't. Who doesn't like bacon? Like, like no, no. I asked you. I asked you when we were in line getting getting food. I said, "Aren't you going to get bacon?" And you were like, "No, bacon's just okay." And I'm like, "That's not a response that people have to bacon. Like, you don't you don't just say like bacon's just okay. Like that's like saying, oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers, he's just pretty. I mean, he's pretty average. I mean, he's, I can he's t- okay." I could take it or leave it for me. I mean, I'm just, you know, I was like, meh, you know, and, and, you know, Rich and JJ look at me like I just, you know, like spat on the buffet or something. <laughs> it's pretty much the equivalent, but talking down to bacon like that. I'm talking down to bacon, okay. <laughs> what uh, did it do to you except be so good? I should, I should have more respect for dead pigs. You're right. Yeah, no joke. But yeah, that was a fun time. We got to meet everyone and, and hang out, which was cool. Um, but yeah, now now we're kind of in like 2015 mode for football. Before it was just all fake. Now it's actually like happening because players are switching teams. So much is changing, and nothing nothing. And by the way, this podcast is going to just be focused for those listening. Is just going to be focused on free agency because that's what's going on in the NFL. But so much has changed. The the biggest thing that happened to start off, not even free agency, but just. Uh, Change the fantasy that, that changed the fantasy football landscape was when Lashawn McCoy was dealt to Buffalo uh, for Kiko Alonso, just completely breaking the internet. Like it, yeah. it was crazy. Like it's just you, you don't see those kind of moves very often. And then since then, so much has changed. So much. So let's just kind of give our hot takes on some of these because uh, <laughs> that's what this is basically going to be. Let's be honest. But we'll, oh, yeah. we'll we'll throw some stats in there. I mean, there's basically just just a, a firestorm ripping through uh, fantasy Twitter right now. Where, uh, oh, oh, uh, I'll give you a good example. When Legarrette Blunt tweeted something about uh, from his personal account, tweeted something about "Let's go to I'm going to Arizona, let's go" or something. Yeah, I saw I seriously saw like 15 tweets right after that. They were like, you know, here's my take on Blunt to Arizona. You That's know, unbelievable. Uh, trade. Uh, uh, what's God, what's the running back's name there? Andre uh, yeah, trade Ellington if you get if you can. Uh, this and that goal line duties, blah blah blah. I was like, oh my yeah. god, are it's you crazy. Guys, it's crazy. What's going on? It's especially crazy because I mean, that's you're not even talking about a, like a, a good player, right? I mean, you're, you're talking about like a replacement kind of guy. I don't know. Yeah, like Legarrette Blunt is like corn, whereas like Lashawn McCoy or Demarco Murray is or the bacon of the NFL. But you know who won a Super Bowl last year? I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh. All right. Our, our, RB wins. That's that's or what R- we're going with now. R- RB wins. Corn, corn wins, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Lashawn McCoy broke the internet. So what is what's your take on on what's going on with Lashawn McCoy? And I guess because we're talking about the Eagles, uh, Demarco Murray is now there. Evidently, after Ryan Matthews was supposed to be there, after Frank Gore was supposed to be there. Yeah. Um, and that made the life of an editor in chief a pain in the ass. But what is what is your take on Lashawn McCoy, Demarco Murray? We'll do this quick, just because those are kind of obvious players. Uh, I mean, as good as you know, the argument goes that that Murray was just a product of the dominant Dallas offensive line last year. Um, uh, according to at least two, two metrics I've seen. Um, the uh, Philadelphia's uh, um, run blocking was better yeah, last good. year than Dallas. So, you know, I mean, if that's what your concern is, I, and also I don't, I don't really buy into the fact that Murray is just, is just a guy who benefited from a dominant line. So that's, uh, I think it's, I think it's great for him. I think that he's not going to be drafted uh, as highly as he maybe should because of 
what they have like like nineteen running backs there. I mean, I I had I had you slotted in as the starting running back. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So that um, that that's actually that's interesting because you know I think I think you're right with uh, Demarco Murray being undervalued next year. Uh, just because I, I think a lot of it has to do with the the amount of carries that he saw last year, but a lot of it a lot of it also has to do um, with with the fact that uh, you know I, I I think that when you look at what Demarco Murray did in Dallas, he was he was consistently efficient no matter who was blocking for him. Uh, his question mark is really health related, which really isn't necessarily a thing. Uh, so I think in general, you know, you're in a very very uh, running back friendly offense. LaShawn McCoy saw 314 and 312 carries his two years under Chip McC- or under Chip Kelly. Um, I don't see why DeMarco Murray can't have 300 touches. And although that passing offense might not be as efficient per se as it was two years ago, um, I think it can probably keep up with what it maybe what it was last year. I, I think I think Murray's gonna be fine. I think he's gonna be an RB one. I think McCoy's gonna be an RB one on on sheer volume alone. Uh, if you were to pick one of the two, who would you take? Oh, between McCoy and Murray. Yeah, yeah. Um, McCoy. Uh, I'm sorry, Murray. Yeah, I would. I would too. That's that's where yeah. I'm at. But I, but I think McCoy is still. I think Murray is probably going to be a top half first round guy, and I think McCoy is going to slip to the to the back half. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I, how I see going on. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if McCoy slips. You know, past past that a little bit. I mean. Uh, yeah, it depends. It depends. I he, mean, he's still he's still going to be what like an RB six to ten. Yeah, I mean, I think anything below a ten below ten would be a disaster. Yeah. Right, right. So, all right. So that's that's those guys. Let's uh let's move on to talk about our our favorite guy in fantasy football, Jimmy Graham. Oh yeah, we, we uh, love Jimmy Graham. You know, a little part of me, you know, because we go, you know, last two seasons we went through a lot of uh, uh, you know, a lot of black guys with um, Graham in the preseason. Uh, and so it's just a part of me. It doesn't have anything to do with fantasy. I understand that. Part of me was glad to see him traded. Like, like, oh, the, your indispensable fantasy god. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do now? But you know, obviously, that's not the case. And right. I probably right. am just bitter. No, I mean, it's 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 it was a really interesting trade. I, I think I think you know I, I wrote a couple columns on this. Actually, I wrote kind of the the real football take according to metrics, and then the fantasy football take. Uh, and, and what I found was that clearly this is a good move in real football for Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. they, they need exactly what Jimmy Graham is. They need a red zone threat. They need a threat in general in the passing game. Their wide receivers are horrendous. So it makes sense that they, that they went out and got Jimmy Graham Their Their tight end production with Russell Wilson under center has been pretty awful. He doesn't, he hasn't used them enough just because they're not, uh, top tier talents on um, per se, unless you, you just happen to really, really love Luke Wilson. Um, but so I, I did an article on what it what it means for Graham in terms of fantasy. So if Graham were to see twenty five percent of targets in Seattle, which would be the target the highest target share by a tight end over the last five years, so that's mm. that's a lot of, of targets. And if and if the Seahawks were to increase their volume by fifty four dropbacks, which is a bigger increase than they've seen year to year since Russell Wilson has been there, a far bigger increase. Um, and Jimmy Graham kept his 1.92 PPR fantasy points per target. So that's like basically the perfect storm for Jimmy Graham, right? He's, he's seeing an insane amount of, of, of volume in terms of percentage of targets. He's keeping the same efficiency as he did with Drew Brees, who's, who's been more efficient than Russell Wilson. And the Seahawks are passing the ball way more than they have over the last three years, right? 
That, mm-hmm. that would result in only 35 more fantasy points across the entire season for Jimmy Graham than, than what he than what he did last year. So, no, than what he did last year. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, I don't I don't see this necessarily. Uh, you know, uh, the problem is, and I had, I had a conversation on Twitter about this. It's like, I think smart fantasy owners knew that next year Jimmy Graham's value was going to just drop inherently given the regression, not necessarily regression, but just given the way that we, that the decline in the passing attack in new Orleans is going to be natural, especially when you see they re-signed Mark Ingram, they're going to be a little bit more run heavy. I think that that was going to be natural, but if we were to say Jimmy Graham's going to do what he did last year in 2015, then what he's going to do in Seattle is going to be less than that. It's just, mm-hmm. it's going to be less. I don't, I, I don't know how you could, I think that his dynasty outlook might not change that much because He's essentially going from a declining offense into a into a rising into a in, in a proving improving one, uh, but you know overall I think next year if you're in redraft you know it's just he's not he's he's more in that Kelsey range now. Yeah, well, but I, I think that I think that the fact that it is Seattle we're talking about probably changes the I don't know the mass appeal of of Graham there because we're talking about a dominant team yeah. um uh, whose offense you know has has picked up a lot in the past couple of years i think if he was traded to you know kind of a second tier team uh which i mean what the saints were like a third tier team last year so right. but I, I i just i think that there's an allure there you're talking are you talking more about like market value uh no well i'm just talking about perception right in okay. in, in, in fantasy i right. I, yeah. I just it's like it's like um, putting a juggernaut on a juggernaut. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And yeah. and so there, I think that there is an allure there uh, that you know that people who want to fade Graham at at his probably very high ADP uh, can take advantage of um, you know come the summer. Right. Exactly. I I actually went. I did an MFL. I I started an MFL ten like right after some of these moves happened, and someone took Graham at uh the in the eleventh pick in the first round or at the eleventh pick in the first round, which his his ADP throughout this offseason and in, in MFL tens has been in the middle of the second. So it basically says that for whatever reason Jimmy Graham's value just went up in Seattle where I'm uh, his ceiling in Seattle next year I feel like is basically what he did last year in New Orleans. Yeah. And I I don't think that's really debatable just given the way that they run that offense. And that it's not it's not like Marshawn Lynch isn't, isn't coming back. He's going to be there. Russell Wilson's a threat in the red zone also. I mean, it's just there's just not going to be as many opportunities, especially in the red zone where Jimmy Graham makes a living. Sure, sure, and and I I mean I, I'm probably higher on Russell Wilson uh, than the most you know I, maybe not anymore, but right. um, the point was made a, a few times from from a few very respected voices on on Twitter that uh, the downgrade. Um, as far as um, accuracy and field vision from Breeze to Wilson is probably uh, a factor in, in yeah. Grant's outlook as well. Uh, not you know not to say Wilson's not a good quarterback. It's just he gets by in different ways. Yeah, and it's also you're talking about Drew Breeze, who's a top five, who's been a top five quarterback consistently the last what like seven years. So it's not it's nothing on Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's still really good. It's just that you're going from a really great and it's it's crazy to me like. Like Drew Brees was like people think that Drew Brees was bad last year, and he wasn't bad last year. Drew Brees was fine last year. It's just that he wasn't what you're used to seeing. And he wasn't he wasn't a robot. He 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 was still good. But um, I'm by the way, I'm keeping up my 
Breeze to Jacksonville a push on on Twitter. That would because, be, how awesome would that be? Because I like I I know I saw the report today that that everybody's on the trading block except for Breeze and Brandon Cooks, whatever. Which made me uh, angry. Uh, but but you know I mean look at Jacksonville is like an untapped like oil field. I feel like an oil baron who just wants to to go and like bust open that 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 field. And let it just pour out because you have so much talent there, and you have no one to harness it. You have Blake freaking Bortles, who's horrible, and so you you have you know, I don't know, five legitimate fantasy skill position players in that offense that whose value is going to be iffy at best mm-hmm. because they have no one to manage the offense. Well, so. You know that's that's sort of my dream there. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, why don't we? Do you have any any takes on on Julius Thomas there? Obviously, it's a, a huge drop in his uh, you know projected proje- projected production as he would have uh, in Denver. But what what do you see coming from Julius Thomas in Jacksonville? I, I mean, uh, unless he's like the unquestioned, you know, uh, uh, a focal point uh, of that offense and gets you know some absurd number of targets. Right. Uh, like 130 targets next year, then then yeah, I mean I think he's definitely going to be overdrafted. I think that it's going to be a, a situation in which people start bailing on him as an every week starter pretty quickly. Um, you know, I mean free agency a lot of times is just you know can be renamed. Uh, you know, good uh, good skill position player goes from great quarterback to bad quarterback, and that's all hyphenated. Like, right? Yeah, and it's yeah, it's a mouthful. Um, but you know, I mean, you know, like like you had last year with um, with Eric Decker. I mean, as much as we all wanted to be Decker truthers, I mean, we had to acknowledge the fact that he's going from Peyton to Gino. Right. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I see a similar thing here. Yeah, I, I do too. I was I was looking at some of his target numbers. You know, he's he basically hovers um, outside the top twelve of the position in targets per game uh, at the tight end position. If if you were to break it down, he got he got five and a half ish. Per game in Denver, uh, the reason he was able to sustain success in fantasy was because of his touchdowns. And when he didn't score, he really just wasn't that effective uh, in fantasy football. We all know this. This isn't anything new. Uh, and when you go to a team that's quarterbacked by Blake Bortles, you're just not going to score as many touchdowns. It's that. It's that simple. Not only that, you know, to your point, Denny, it's like he's not going. He's he's not necessarily the focal point in, in their in their passing game with those young wide receivers that they have, and potentially Justin Blackman coming back. Right. I, I just don't see it. I just, I mean, look, of course he's going to have like a, you know, a two touchdown game at some point. I mean, I think that that, that seems inevitable just from his, his sheer size and athleticism alone. But, uh, but, but really I think that he's easily avoidable for, for guys well down the draft board. Yeah. So let's, let's actually, I don't have him on the agenda. I don't know why I forgot. Actually, I probably know why I forgot. It's because it's very depressing, but Jeremy, (laughs) Jeremy Macklin to Kansas city. Um, obviously yeah. he's going from a pretty favorable situation from a volume perspective, uh, in Philly had a great season last year. He's one of the best wide receivers in the league last year. Um, but now he's going to Alex Smith and Andy Reed. Andy Reed has, has had four 1000 wide receivers in like his whatever year career, um, coaching, uh, one of them being T.O. I mean, this is just, and then factor in Alex Smith and the fact that he doesn't like to throw the ball downfield. He had the lowest average depth of target last year in the league, I think. Um, you factor all that in, and it's just it, the signing itself just didn't make any sense. It just it was not a fit. Yeah, you don't. I mean, need, you, he's a field stretcher. Am I am I wrong? 
Uh, unless unless it's just, you know, Reed wanting to bring like, you know, bring back one of his guys. Right. And I think that's what it I think that's what it came down to. I mean, they signed him for like a 11 million a year. It's just it's crazy how much money he's making uh to to probably not to probably put up like a 900 uh yard six touchdown line. Or if you want to have jokes, a zero touchdown line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as, as much as we love Alex Smith, we don't want to see good receivers go to Kansas City. I mean, I saw uh, Evan Silva had a, had a good point the other day. They should just run, you know, like like two with two athletic tight ends and a couple slot receivers. Yeah, there's nothing, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And Jamal Charles, and just go. Because, I mean, because really, like from if you if you only look at production, Alex Smith last year was not that bad. He was from. I'll just cite. Number fires metrics or passing NEP per dropback or not expected points. It's just an expected points formula. He was he was just below the average per dropback among quarterbacks last year, uh, which which I mean that's that's fine. That's not bad considering there's so many teams out there that need quarterbacks. There are a lot of teams out there that would take Alex Smith. The problem is that it's just it's it's a lot different from a real football perspective to fantasy. He's just not what you want. Um, he's just not the quarterback you want throwing to your fantasy football wide receivers. No, 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 not not at all. And and uh, we, we we will still love him. I want to say though about Julius Thomas, we're not like Julius Thomas haters. Just so everyone knows, we we actually no want- you 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 were you were the you were the you made this podcast. You gave it so much credibility week one two years ago. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we were both on board the train of like. You know, just draft Peyton's tight end. Yeah, right, right. But you, but like, but there's a there's a difference because like I was fine with Julius Thomas, right? Like I was like, yeah, like this is worth the risk, whatever. But you like you went out there and you were like, Julius Thomas is going to be like a tight end one week one. <laughs> yeah. That was like the that was basically what you said. Yeah, and it was an island game against the Ravens, so yeah. I was basically like sitting in a pool of my own sweat the entire game. Like, yeah. oh god, god, oh god. Yeah, you were like sitting, sitting with God. You were. <laughs> that, was, that was that was a good. One. I've had I've had bad island games too, but that yeah, was that's a- fine. That's fine. Just just only focus on the Julius Thomas game. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's let's move on to some more movement. Uh, one of the kind of interesting ones was uh the fact that. Frank Gore and Andre Johnson are both going to going to Indianapolis, which gives them more firepower offensively. Um, Andre Johnson was really, really inefficient last year, actually the last two years. And I was kind of chatting it. I, I, I wrote an article about Andre Johnson last week when the Texans cut him, basically saying like, it makes sense that they cut him. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of interesting that people are, and I was, I was talking to, to Rich Rebar about this earlier today. Because you're seeing all these tweets about how this is Andre Johnson's, uh, this is the best quarterback that Andre Johnson had or has ever had, which isn't false. I mean, that's true. Matt, but first of all, Matt Schaub was not that bad for like three or four years in in, in Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, but second of all, you know, yes, this is this is his best quarterback. But if you look at what he's done the last two years, his efficiency in Houston has been far far worse than DeAndre Hopkins. In, in, in the same situation with the same quarterback, I understand DeAndre Hopkins is phenomenal and, and Andre Johnson is on on the decline, but that's the entire point is that Andre Johnson is on the decline. He's getting old, right? Like, yeah, that's the entire yeah. point. So what? how do you feel about his fantasy value with Andrew Luck? Uh, I feel like I'm going to have a hard time avoiding him if, if, he's, you know, if his ADP doesn't rise significantly because I think he like, – and it's it's I know I understand it's nuts to talk ADP in the middle of March, but 
you know, he's going like wide receiver 38 right now. Yeah. And yeah. I can't really imagine myself passing him at that at that spot. Although I will say owning him last year, I I owned him in a lot of spots last year because I felt like he was uh being undervalued and owning him was uh a very depressing thing <laughs> because you would, you know, at the end of the day you would look at your lineup and be like, okay, Andre Johnson scored 9 PPR points. <laughs> what let's see what happened and you would click on the box score and you would say Oh my God! He got thirteen targets. He got thirteen <laughs> targets. Right. How, you get nine points on thirteen, and and then Hopkins would have twenty three points on two targets. The the only wide receiver on a per target basis last year, according to Number Fire Metrics, that was less efficient was Percy Harvin. Well, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, among fifty target plus target receivers, I think it was. It, it, like he was just like Andre Johnson was just not no. a, not oh. effective at all last no. year. No, not not at all, and. I, yeah, I, I will say if he's going to take the Reggie Wayne role, which I guess that he's expected to, I mean, I think that it's I, maybe I'm wrong here, but I just think that Johnson is an upgrade over old, old, decrepit Reggie Wayne. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I I'm not going to say that I'm not going to own Andre Johnson this year because, uh, you know, it's it's just I feel like it's one of those things where if you can get a, even a slight value on a guy who is attached to an to an elite quarterback then you do it right right and i i mean i'm, I'm sure his adp is going to rise I, I think he's one of those players that like sure you'll draft him if he falls to you at the right spot but you're not going to reach for him right like you're not gonna no. you're not he's not a guy that you're like seeking out whenever you're going into your draft to to select um no which is fine which is fine i mean reggie wayne had 116 targets last year uh mm-hmm. and if andre johnson i think that andre John, johnson could easily see let's say 120 to 130 playing on yeah. the outside uh, in Indianapolis. I mean, that's that's favorable. Andrew Luck is a beast. Uh, it's 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 going to work out on sheer volume. I just, you know, if anyone's expecting, like, like old-school Andre Johnson numbers because he's with Andrew Luck, I don't believe that'll happen. It could certainly happen because Andre Johnson's really good at football, uh, and he has been. But I think in general, you know, he's, he's just been – he. He, he's a volume receiver, and that's good. You need that in the NFL. It's like it, it's the reason why Jerome Bettis got in the Hall of Fame as a running back is because he he was able to carry the load. Andre Johnson can take a beating and can take a huge volume of, tar- of, of targets, uh, but you know that that doesn't necessarily mean that that he's going to be phenomenal in fantasy. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's hard to turn down just in a vacuum. It's hard to turn down a receiver who's going to see a hundred and twenty targets exactly. from from Andrew Luck right. and uh, but I will say that we like we saw with Steve Smith last year even though Steve Smith lit the world on fire in September and October we saw that old guys fade right you know and and Andre Johnson is is old I mean Andre Johnson was old three years ago um, yeah Andre Johnson's so, I think he's a great grandpa now yeah I mean his actually his his grandson plays for the Colts <laughs> as well I didn't know if you guys had heard that but anyway it's, it's, it's Kobe Fleener <laughs> that's <laughs> adopted i guess yeah uh so what about uh frank gore are you are you uh, i don't get it i don't like just i mean what is okay is frank gore am i allowed to ask i said this on twitter am i allowed to ask if frank gore is better than dan heron no i mean i think it's a fair thing to at least bring up i, I his, he's been, he's been, you hate it. You hate that. You hate why? Because I like old running backs? Yeah, you hate it. It's a fair thing to put into words in English. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like it's a, it's, it has to be asked because, like, you're... 
I, I don't know. To me, it's like, why are you like Frank Gore has been pretty inefficient since they went to the Super Bowl in 2012. And I, I don't, I don't I understand the fit. Right. But Frank Gore is not what he used to be. No. Uh-uh. So, I mean, I think that he could be stumble for a thousand yards, maybe, maybe 900 yards and he's going to have opportunities to score. I just, you know, I'm not going to go into a draft wanting him as an RB one or an RB two. Yeah. Uh, no, I, no, 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 I do not. I'm not in the Gore RB one, uh, crowd at all. In fact, I mean, I feel like, you know, I mean, Gore, Gore doesn't get injured. I know. I understand. But I wouldn't hate just drafting Heron and just seeing what happens yeah. instead of instead of relying on Gore to um, to have kind of that Ahmad Bradshaw awakening in the yeah. But Bradshaw Bradshaw even I mean like it's just how old is Gore like thirty one thirty two yeah thirty one <laughs> I mean I, I, honestly to me he's been thirty one since about two thousand seven right so he's gonna be thirty two in May is what is what's happening. Uh, and if there's a huge difference between someone like him and someone like Fred Jackson from, mm-hmm. from an age perspective. It's just, it's different. I know that we've been saying this for, for years with Frank Gore, but at the same time, the last two years, he hasn't been that great. Like his, his ADP, his ADP and his market value has been pretty fair uh, just because everyone's always scared about, about his age. So because of that, like, I don't think his, I don't think he, he's going to be completely avoidable because of, of his perceived value versus what he's actually going to do. Um, but, you know, if he, if for whatever reason he, he starts to rise into the third round or something like that, then what? no, don't. Just mm-hmm. don't. No, no, no. Yeah, there's no reason. I just, there's no reason. I, I, if this was two years ago, I guess maybe, but um, no, the, the Gore thing to me is a little perplexing. And remember now, Br- Bradshaw... Uh, put up those. I mean, I th- I think he was a top five fantasy back. No, he was but, sick before he got hurt. But he put up those numbers with just a crazy amount of red zone um, uh, targets. Right. Remember? I mean, remember every time Indy got inside the ten, yeah, they, they were just, going, yeah, they just swing it out to Bradshaw. And he would score like everything. So you know that that doesn't seem very sustainable. But you know, Gore's a good pass catching back. So no, I'm just undermining myself. <laughs> um. So. Let's uh, let's talk about another running back, Shane Vereen. Um, it's an interesting move to to the Giants. Uh, do you do you see him taking over? Uh, not as like the lead back, but having a pretty significant role there, uh, given given who is there. I, I I just I think that again we're going to be in the situ- in the same situation where we have to say we have to use that terrible term. You know, is this a Vereen game? Right. Is is next week a Vereen game? Is this this looks like a Vereen game? You know, uh, and I think I don't think that that changes. Although, I mean, he him and Rashad Jennings occupy the same, pretty much the same role on that team now, right? Kind of, yeah. So I I I, I know why the Giants made this move. Um, and uh, last year, so last year, whenever I, I I wrote an article on Rashad Jennings when he went to to New York, and it, it made sense from a fit perspective. Because uh, he was efficient whenever he was healthy. The only time he wasn't efficient was when uh, was when he had messed up his knee the year after. Um, yeah. And so the Giants use analytics. Um, and I think a lot of it, you know, both Andre Williams and Rashad Jennings. Like Rashad Jennings last year per target was one of the worst running backs in the entire NFL. Um, mm. Andre Williams has stone hands, right? Like we all know this. 
So yeah. when you combine those two things, you get you you get a need which is Shane Vereen. Like that is exactly what Shane Vereen does is he catches the football out of the backfield. So I think it's intriguing. I think it's intriguing also because Andre Williams proved to not be very good last year, and Rashad Jennings is seventy five years old now. He's like twenty nine or thirty. Yeah. So so you get you you combine the two factors. Rashad Jennings hasn't you know carried the load uh, on, on, a, on any team really in his career. He's been, been hurt a lot. Uh, Andre, Andre Williams just not being very good. And then you get Shane Vereen in there. I think that there's some, some value there. Uh, I, don't, I don't know where he's going to go in drafts necessarily. That's going to be really interesting to watch, but I kind of like it. I, I like the fit. Yeah, and remember uh, Ben McAdoo, who's, uh, he was the first-year coordinator there last year uh, in New York. Uh, he is fond of um, dump-offs to running backs, uh, as, as we saw at times last year with Jennings, um, just where Jennings became like, like just fall out of bed, easy PPR points. Um, you know, and so maybe, I mean, that, that system seems to fit Vereen to a T. I, I just, uh, I don't, it, it will be, it will really depend on, in, on if people see him as part of like a three, a three headed backfield or, or if, you know, or if it's assumed that he's going to rise to the top of that backfield pecking order. Um, I, I would lean, I would lean, uh, in the direction of people will think, he is going to be an unreliable part of a three-headed approach. Yeah, I yeah. would too. I would too. PPR leagues, he's probably going to be valuable though. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, let's talk about let's talk about uh, Brandon Marshall first before we get into some quarterbacks and stuff. So Brandon Marshall's on the on the Jets now. Um, I have a pretty. I I actually I wrote an article today uh, about this about three guys whose fantasy value was impacted most. Kind of under the radar guys, kind of mm-hmm. like just based on the ripple effect of of, of free agency. Mm-hmm. One of the guys that I wrote about is Eric Decker. Yeah. Um, and the reason for that is I think that there's going to be this perception that Brandon Marshall is a going to be the number one guy there, uh, which sure could happen. But b because of Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker is not going to see enough volume to be relevant in fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Um, but without Percy Harvin, Harvin had a little over 50 targets last year. Jeremy Curley had like 75. Um, Curley's still going to potentially be there, whatever. But I think that there's very easily you could have both Decker and Brandon Marshall see over 100 targets. Um, and when you can, when you when you look at it from that perspective, like Decker Decker's numbers didn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet per target from an expected point standpoint. He was really really effing good. He was a top 20 wide receiver last year. Uh, this is a family, this is a family podcast. Yeah, sorry. Well, I didn't say the I didn't say the word. Uh, still, I mean, my my son's gonna listen to this in fifteen years. So, <laughs> yeah, right, right. So I like. So I think there's gonna be some regression, positive regression for Decker, um, just uh, naturally. And you right. throw in Ryan Fitzpatrick, our boy, uh, who is better than Geno Smith, and you're going to probably get more fantasy points per target out of your wide receivers. Not only that, Brandon Marshall is going to take away some of that uh, potential bracket coverage from from De- to, to Decker, or that goes Decker's way. Um, so I think all that combined, like I, I love the move from a real football standpoint. They gave up a a fifth round draft pick, which is next to nothing. Um, Brandon Marshall's always undervalued when it comes to trades. He just always outproduces whatever he's traded for. But in general, in general, like I'm not really, I'm higher on Decker than I am Marshall because Decker's going to have a better ADP. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that it's worth noting that big receivers don't age well. Yeah. 
Um, and we might be seeing that with Marshall a little bit. Um, I don't have his age in front of me, but he's no spring chicken. And yeah, he's, in, um, he's, he's definitely in his thirties. Yeah. 32, 30, he'll be 31 in March. Okay. Yeah. Time. And then, you know, I just, uh, so that, that, that worries me a little, but you know, it, it's hard, it's hard to ignore a tandem of Decker and Marshall. I mean, yeah. We're talking about two guys who, who, you know, just two years ago, both of them were top nine fantasy wide receivers. Right. Um, so, and then, you know, Marshall was, had an injury plagued uh, 2014. So I don't know if, you, I, that's the thing. I don't know if you can hold that against him or if that's just assumed at this point in his career being a big guy. But um, uh, I, I, I'm going to have struggle to not, take Marshall let's put it that way against against kind of my own better judgment I, f- I feel like I am going to end up with him because people are going to write him off I guess for the quarterback situation or or you know whatever maybe yeah yeah I totally I totally agree with you um I think I think they're both they're they're both potentially going to be values I just like Decker more uh Fitzpatrick's going to be a really fun streamer if he does get the starting job I yeah. I think he should just start I wrote about this too he should just start the season if he's good, then that's good because that means the Jets are probably going to be playoff contenders. And if he's not, then that's when you throw in Geno Smith and you see officially see what he's what he's made of with with yeah. good weapons. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I I think it would be uh, it, you know I don't want to say anyone throwing to Decker, Marshall, and and Amaro mm-hmm. is going to be a great streamer, but. Uh, you know, it's it's much better than streaming options that we sometimes have. You know, where right. where they're, they're throwing it to a bunch of uh, Kendall Wrights. You know, so that I'm I'm you know I'm all about that if if uh, if that comes to pass with Fitzpatrick and your boy. I mean, that's that's your boy. Yeah, it is my boy. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, all right, uh, let's talk Sam Bradford to Philly. We're not going to really talk about Nick. Nick Foles is, is going to make an appearance on the show. I'm sure this year as a streamer. Oh, I thought you meant as a guest. <laughs> that, would, that would be awesome. Hashtag get Nick Foles on living the stream. Yes. That would be great. Uh, but so Sam Bradford in Philly, um, how are you approaching that situation? I, let's not talk about the wide receivers. Let's not, cause I'm, I think things could potentially change uh, there. Although they do like Josh Huff a lot and Jordan Matthews is, is great. Uh, but how do you view Sam Bradford in Philly? I, I think we said last year when you know when, when it was like when Mark Sanchez became the butt of jokes on fantasy Twitter, we kind of shrugged and we're like, eh, I'll take him, you know, right? Um, just because of the number of plays that Chip Kelly's offense runs, uh, which is always a great thing for fantasy, and uh, um, you know the I don't know the the efficiency of of the offense, uh, and and I know Sanchez faltered down the stretch. But you had a good stat at the end of last year, sometime in in late to mid December, uh, where you talked about the number of top twelve finishes mm-hmm. that Philly quarterbacks had had, and I think the Seattle game, the game they played Seattle, was the only exception, or or maybe one of a one of a couple, uh, which you know, I mean, when we're talking about streaming, we're not talking about let's let's pick up the number one quarterback off the waiver wire. For, for for the week, we're we're trying to get a top twelve guy, a QB one. Right, right. So, so yeah, I mean, I think Bradford is going to be. I mean, I you know, for me, uh, without without looking at any big you know big set of numbers right now, 
for me, I think that he's going to be a primary streaming uh, candidate early in the season. Yeah, he definitely will be. Like, I think I think my approach next year, like right now, is talking on March twelfth. Uh, my number one late round quarterback target is Eli Manning. Naturally. Oh yeah, sure. Eli, Eli had Eli had five top five performances over the last nine weeks of last season. Only seven other quarterbacks had five the entire year. Oof! Wow. Like that. That's absurd. Uh, yeah. So Eli, Eli, and with with Vereen and so on, that's why he was in my article as well. Like Eli is is going to be my my number one guy. The thing with Bradford uh, last year, so Sanchez and Foles, if you count them combined for that Houston game where Foles got hurt. They, mm-hmm. they combined uh, for the the same amount of top twelve performances as as Tom Brady and Tony Romo did, mm. um, and that's that's two guys that are not good at football, right? That's Nick Foles and Mark Sanchez. Um, I think naturally because of that, you have to be intrigued by Sam Bradford as like a a high end a high to mid QB two, which in a lot of leagues is going to end up being a streamer. So if you want to get upside, and if you can't. You know, if, if Eli goes early in your draft, you know, too early, like in the eighth or ninth round or something like that, where you just don't feel comfortable taking a quarterback, I think Bradford's a, 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 an interesting pick, if he is indeed in Philadelphia and their starter next year, is an interesting pick, uh, you know, really late in your fantasy drafts. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm always going to be uh, intrigued by Chip Kelly's quarterback, whoever whoever it may be, honestly. I mean, that's it, it, from a fantasy standpoint, I, I don't know, you know, real football I literally have no idea what Chip Kelly's doing. I don't think anybody does. Um, even the tweet of God had no idea what it was going on the other day with Chip <laughs> Kelly. But uh, but I don't I don't care. You know. So the thing I care about is that his quarterbacks have been uh, highly productive, and um, you know that's when he when he, in his first year. That's why I had uh, Michael Vick in a bunch of leagues because um, you know it, he was in Chip Kelly's offense. You know, not not that I thought that Vick was going to have a um, some sort of renaissance. It was just, right. it was just that. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, two more, two more things to kind of touch on before we get to some random questions that we have on Twitter. They, they ranged, there was a variety of them. Um, so the first one is Tory Smith to San Francisco, which is very, very sad because of hashtag team Trustman. Yes, it is. I know. Right. I mean, God, I feel like that was, that was lining up really, really nicely. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, do you have, do you have any, any strong opinion about him and fantasy in San Francisco? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm not interested, uh, unless, unless he just plummets down draft boards. Um, right. I'm not, in, I just, as much as like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a recovered Colin Kaepernick apologist. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, for as much as I thought that he was going to change the game, all you you know, watch watch him try to throw a deep ball like that, and that's what Tory Smith feasts on right. uh, is the deep ball, and and Kaepernick's deep ball doesn't get more than ten yards off the ground. Yeah, you know, he, at any point. So yeah, it'll it'll be interesting because like like uh, I I I unfortunately drafted Tory Smith in a lot of early MFL tens, just assuming that he was going to stay in Baltimore because I did not see them getting rid of Tory Smith given their personnel. I just didn't see it. Or, yeah. or not getting rid of, or not resigning. So, I think that this move once again is a much, much better real football move than it is fantasy football move. This is probably yeah. the definition of that, where you have a guy like like. There's a reason why the the Ravens were successful when Anquan Bolden and Torrey Smith were together. It's because they complement each other perfectly. You have Anquan Bolden, big bodied, 
can get separation with his body, not his speed. He's a possession guy. And then you have Torrey Smith who's stretching the field. I mean, it's literally the perfect combination. And I think because of that, like that, I mean, that's obviously why that move was made by San Francisco, but I don't see him as anything more than a a wide receiver three right now. uh, If that, I mean, it's just, it's tough to, to kind of see where, where that could go. I I think he's probably going to see, he could really potentially see similar volume in San Francisco as he did in Baltimore because what Michael Crabtree saw last year is what Torrey Smith averaged in Baltimore. Uh, the difference is that you just it, there's a lot of ambiguity there, um, mm-hmm. and I, I just I, yeah. I I love Anquan Bolden too, um, just in general. But like like I, I actually love this I love this for Anquan Bolden's value uh, in fantasy. I think Anquan Bolden's going to be a, a steal in fantasy drafts once again this year. Yeah, I guess he he kind of always is at this. He point. always is. He he always always is. He's he's the most JJ player ever. Yeah, oh yeah, no, he's 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 all you. If if you were a player, you would be Bolden. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, with uh, with Tory, I you, you mentioned Tressman and and that that system. So I, I was I was surprised. Just on a side note, I was surprised to see that the Ravens let Marlon Moore go to 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 the Browns. He signed with the Browns today. Oh, he did. Uh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marlon Moore uh, is six five two thirty. I think I read that right today. Uh, so he fits that like, you know, big Tressman type receiver mold. And so I was getting, I was getting kind of amped up for, uh, for, for drafting, you know, for getting more, getting on the more bandwagon or starting that hype machine. Um, but now I don't like, who are the receivers, Steve Smith and, and who, um, what's his name from the, uh, Michael Campanero. Dear God. Yeah. He's, I mean, like he's, he's actually not like a, a bad potential sleeper. Uh, but I, you have to think they're going to do something. I, I could see them getting like Dwayne Bow or something like that, or like Michael Crabtree. Uh, yeah, sure. Which, sure. which would, I, I really am not a big Crabtree guy. Uh, but if he's in a Tressman offense, like I, I tweeted this and Silva responded and he's like, unless he goes to, to Tressman and it's like, okay, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Silva. Like yeah. any, anyone that goes to, to, to Tressman obviously is going to be, uh, successful in some way, uh, at least right. year one too. But and and he's they're going to be fed because they're going to stay on the field all the time. But yeah. um, you know, I, you have to think they're going to do something at wide receiver and not go in with Steve Smith as their one and a lot of question marks at two. I think we, we're going to get a Trustman discount this year, unlike last year, because it's widely assumed. And maybe maybe this is right. I'm not saying that this is not correct. You know, this is 100 percent uh, where I'm I'm right situation, but. You know the discount would come in that people think Mark Tressman is a total debacle and his offense is terrible. And since it tanked yeah. last year in with all the locker room ter- turmoil and the king of DGAF undermining uh, the offense, that um, that it'll do that they'll do the same thing again in Baltimore. So I'm I'm looking forward to the discount. Even if if I'm wrong, I'm still going to get that discount on on Ravens. It uh, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, so the last thing to touch on before we get into the questions is the the Denver tight end situation. So they they obviously got rid of Julius Thomas, as we said, but they also signed Owen Daniels, who has played every year in the NFL with Gary Kubiak. Wow. Yeah, and so or I think that's what I saw. And so now Owen Daniels is there, back with Gary Kubiak, and everyone thinks that Owen Daniels is going to be yeah. Peyton Manning's tight end. But <laughs> but we both don't necessarily think that. Uh 
you called Julius Thomas a couple of years ago. Do you think that Virgil Green is the guy? Uh, well, I I think that it's just way too soon to say, you know, and I, and I get the excitement. I get it because we know Owen Daniels as a fantasy entity. Like he's like a he's like a warm blanket, you know. Yeah, he's like he's he's a fantasy dad. Yeah, right. He's a fantasy. He's incredibly inefficient. He's he was uh, last year. He was one of the least efficient tight ends in, in fantasy. He's you know he's borderline a dad runner. You 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 basically like all I'm picturing right now is like one of the old '90s sitcom or '80s sitcom <laughs> intros, and then it just zooms in on Owen Daniels and he smiles at the camera and throws a oh. football up in the air and catches it with one hand. Yeah, and then winks. And then and then winks. Yeah, and then yeah. it says Owen Daniels at the bottom in like a really comic sans e font. <laughs> of course. What right. else? Right. Okay. Uh, so so last year, you know, I, I remember there was a big thing when uh, when he signed with Baltimore last year, and it was it was oh god, pit apocalypse. Dennis Pitt is done. Right. Owen Daniels is back with Kubiak. Owen Daniels is the guy. Well, Owen Daniels played uh, strictly the number two tight end position in Gary Kubiak's offense, which, as we know, is not it, it's not worthless because that's who gets the uh, I don't want to say majority, but that's who gets a, a, a lot of red zone action. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we saw. We saw that once again last year, where uh, Pitta would be in his in the three games he played uh, peppered. <laughs> uh, uh, shut up! All right, uh, uh, Pitta would be peppered with uh, targets, uh, you know, between the twenties, uh, and then and then Daniels would clean up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not saying that Daniels, even if he takes that number two spot, and 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 Green and Denver takes that number one t- tight end spot, that he's going to be worthless, but. I, I just think it's uh, it's way way too presumptuous to say you know Daniel's top five tight end boom you know right and yeah and I remember Daniel's had two touchdowns against the Steelers in week two just to your point and then you have I mean think about it when he was the number one in in, in Houston and you had guys mm-hmm. like Garrett Graham and Joel Dreesen and so on and so forth like they're just taking touchdowns right like yeah. just constantly. Well, so, it's the same. It's the same play every time, too. Right. I, I mean, look, Gary Kubiak has eleven offensive plays. Okay, like that. I mean, I I actually think that that's a thing. I mean, there are variations on, on those plays, but and if you if you watch a, a Kubiak coach team, you're gonna you can see that the tight end that second tight end just sort of sneaks off the line and drifts into the end zone, and he's open, and it's a touchdown. So it's yeah. I mean, I think that we're gonna see that again this year. So uh, Daniels won't be worthless, but he also will be highly volatile. Right. And but to, and then to the point of Virgil Green, I mean, uh, metrics people know this, but he basically, uh, if you look at his combine metrics and his height and weight, uh, Julius Thomas is like an inch on him. Uh, but basically, they are the same person in terms of metrics uh, from uh, combine metrics. Uh, you could argue that Virgil Greens were better. Um, yeah. They both don't come from a very, very strong football collegiate background. Um, it's, it's, it's eerily similar in a way. And mm-hmm. because of that, I think that there is some upside with Virgil Green, especially if you're drafting MFL 10s right now. You can get them for really, really cheap. Uh, there's going to be a guy every once in a while that's going to take them in like the ninth round or something like that. But yeah. um, but I, I think Virgil Green is just worth a, a flyer, and he's probably going to be that way going into into the season. Uh, he, he, he has been primarily a blocking tight end, and Julius Thomas has no idea how to block. So that's that's definitely a difference. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see kind of how that that transitions because it seems like it seems like Denver was very intent on getting him a deal. Um, they talked about him a lot on social media and in press conferences and whatnot. Yeah. 
So mm-hmm. like it, it's 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 interesting to me. I think that they know what they have out of Virgil yeah. Green, and it's definitely worth a flyer in fantasy football. And never forget that Virgil Green, like Charles Clay, got a few um, carries. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, once, once upon a time, he got a few carries, like like straight running back carries. It was that was amazing. He's, that's he's a beast. I mean, that's like the dream, right? That's like uh, for a streamer, you know, yeah, to get, get carries. That's just nuts. I just that that makes me want to like you know pass out right now. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get that. That covers everyone. So let's get to the uh, the Twitter questions really quick. This is from I, I can't believe I'm going to be reading uh, handles right now. Yeah, do it. I'm so I'm so over this already. This is this is from <laughs> at J underscore John twenty three. He said, "Which offseason transaction are you most excited about for Week One DFS?" <laughs> this is this is the most degenerate question I've ever. Oh heard. my god! I don't know. Um... I'm going to say Ryan Fitzpatrick. On, Fan, oh, yeah. on, on FanDuel, because I like to go min QB on FanDuel. Yeah. Oh, if he's God. min, but he probably won't be minimum. I mean, maybe close. Yeah. Uh, what, what am I most... I don't know. What, uh, what, what, are, some, what are some under the... Uh, Eddie Royal, there you go. Yeah, there you go. That's a fun one. Oh, he's uh, going to get 12 targets right off the bat. This is from at Vulture Haters. Uh, he said, speculation special. Best fantasy situation between Spiller, McKinnon... Ivory, Matthews, and Forsett. So, Justin Forsett signed with, or Forsett, signed with mm-hmm. the Ravens today. Ryan Matthews, as of right now, I don't think has a job. Chris Ivory is in New York. Uh, McKinnon's in Minnesota. Spiller, as of right now, does not have a team. I I mean, I think, you know, Spiller was, there's talk of him going to New Orleans where he would just, I mean, I would assume have a similar role, yeah. you know, as he as he's always had. So, I'm not like incredibly excited. I mean, for look at Tressman likes workhorse running backs, and Tressman's running backs get fed the football through the air, as we saw with Forte the last couple of years. So, I, I, you know, I'm bullish on 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 Forsett. I know that I know they're not paying him like a top dog, unquestioned number one yeah, running like back, three million a year or something. Like yeah, that. but but Trestman's system is not usually one based on a two or three headed attack. We're talking about usually a primary guy. So, you know, if, if he's healthy and, and I know he's 30 years old, if Forsett's healthy and, and, and takes that role, he fits it really well. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I mean, it's, it's obviously a strange situation. They're, they're apparently keeping the zone blocking scheme, which is great for Forsett. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of still intrigued by McKinnon. I would say Forsett is, is the winner here, right? But I'm still very intrigued, naturally, by by Jarek McKinnon. Um, oh yeah, no, uh, yeah. I don't want to brush him off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know. I, You're. I, I think that we're on the same page. Forsett's gonna like pure fantasy points, sure, Forsett, but maybe value could end up being McKinnon. And I think, yeah, I think McKinnon could go berserk. Um, I, I he was he was uh, by by a few measurements he was the least lucky or one of the the least lucky uh, running backs in the league last year. Right. Um, so, uh, with a, with a little bit of good fortune, a guy like McKinnon who, who has all the measurables and, and really showed what he could do in, in limited opportunities last year, uh, could, could be a guy, you know, a, a big difference maker. Yeah. Uh, the next one's from at fade to Zach. He said with the saints moves, what do you think their biggest needs are now? What do they draft with two first? So I think that they're going to be on defense. I, I think that they're clearly like changing, changing their philosophy. They're going to be more run heavy. They traded for Max Unger. Uh, to shore up that offensive line a bit a little bit more, they re-signed Mark Ingram. They're gonna, I think that they they feel okay offensively, even though there's apparently a fire sale going on with with like, did you see the rumors with Kenny Stills? 
I did. That pissed me off. So, like, Kenny Stills is one of my favorite wide receivers. Like, that 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 made me very angry. I know. You were furious. But I will say that everything changes once Breeze is traded to Jacksonville. So that's just... There you go. Just prepare for that. There's the answer. Um... This next one is from at FF underscore profit rank Ingram Hill and Hyde. Uh, Ooh, I would go, I would go Hill Ingram Hyde. Yeah. It, well, I, I think Hill Hill's pretty clearly top there. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. I mean, right now, I mean, Ingram's place in that offense is secure. Whereas at least from what I understand, Hyde is, not you know not like a locked in 300 touch guy so yeah we'll see what happens there um this next one is from at mark raskin underscore raskin he said what fantasy impact do you think tory smith will have we kind of we kind of talked about that but where is the best destination for crabtree would you say baltimore i i would have to say yeah baltimore okay uh i would agree this is from at steinman underscore he's an underscore at the end of his uh, at the end of his handle I guess I guess Steinman regular was taken. Of course. Yes. With the word regular at the end, like Steinman regular. Uh, <laughs> he asked, which player's fantasy stock dropped the most, but will see their ADP affected the least? Mm, that's a great question. That's a really, really tough question. Um, um, would you, uh, Macklin comes to mind for me. Julius Thomas comes to mind. Yeah, I would say Thomas. Yeah. I you know I think Thomas will still be seen as a top three guy. Jimmy Graham too. I I really am. I'm really not high on Jimmy Graham for next year. I'm higher on him for potentially years to come, but not next year. Yeah, and you know I I do, and we'll get it. We'll, we will get into much more of this later in the offseason, But the trade of Graham to Seattle solidifies what we'll be talking about for the next three months, which is Gronk at one point oh one in in redraft drafts. Yes. Oh, it's it's definitely. Add in the fact that Le'Veon Bell might be suspended for two to four games. I mean, because yeah. Bell, Bell, a healthy Bell, he's easily the one point one pick. But, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be insane. And I think that our takes are gonna be. But I, I do think our takes are gonna be a lot less strong compared to how they were with Jimmy Graham. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be less less forceful, but they're still gonna be hot takes. I'll tell you that. Oh, they'll be on fire. No, they're gonna be steaming. I mean, I'm talking like we need a warning before the podcast. People oh, yeah. need to put masks on, you know, like don't computers you... catching on fire while we're recording our podcast. You cannot smoke while listening to the podcast. Let's just put it that way. Right, exactly. That's all I'm thinking too. Um the last question we have is from at Shakar Manor. He said that's probably not even remotely correctly said. <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a retirement community. Um I'm sorry if that's I'm sorry if that's like your name or something. Um, he said, "Missed you guys so much." Oh man, and he he was so nice. Too. Uh, I was such a dick. Um, JJ's a jerk. Owen Daniels, Zach Ertz, or Travis Kelsey in 2015. This is a great one to end on because we're gonna be so happy when we say it. Yeah, Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey all day. Kelsey's gonna be tight end two next year. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason. I'm look, Gronk's on his own planet, but Kelsey is right right up there i mean is it is it sacrilege to say kelsey could score more fantasy points than jimmy graham um no i don't think at all i think that i'm gonna probably take travis kelsey ahead of jimmy graham next year in fantasy drafts oh hot hot i think i'm I'm not kidding i think i mean i'm not gonna own any of them probably because it's just too early for tight ends but um i i think travis kelsey march 12th 2015 i think 
Travis Kelsey is a better, uh, definitely better value, but I think he can straight up outperform him. I I don't think I don't think that's crazy at all. Yeah, I think other people would probably agree, but I think a lot of people are gonna tell me I'm an idiot on Twitter. No, oh, well, yeah, I mean, you're gonna have to shut down the account for a little while oh, after for, saying that. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, that's it for the questions. That's it for the podcast. Why don't you? Can you? I want to know actually too because I don't really know what is what is your off season plan and what's going on. My off-season plan, uh, well, uh, I tomorrow is a big day for me, as you know. Uh, it's Friday the 13th tomorrow. That's right, yeah. Uh, so I will be celebrating with friends, watching Friday the 13th movies. Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, besides that, I, I will be writing some for XN Sports, um, the the fake football, uh, just kind of review type stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm really uh, trying to stay away from the player by player analysis breakdown type stuff mm-hmm. to more of a strategic look at how to approach positions. Yeah. And, um, and then come June, uh, probably mid mid to late June, I will release um, something that uh, seemed to be, uh, you know, popular, helpful with people with uh, um, the equity scores mm-hmm. uh, uh, on XN sports. So um, and that's still a long way away. Um, and I, I want to do them right now, but it's just silly. So right. I'm not, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. I know that you're uh, churning out uh, eight, eight articles a minute over there at uh, Number Fire for the rest of the off season. Yeah, we got a lot going on at Number Fire with the free agency stuff. Uh, we pumped out a lot of content this week with that, but then we're also we have March Madness starting on Sunday, Sunday Selection Sunday. I know that you're going to say what is basketball, but uh, <laughs> no. So with March Madness coming up, there's going to be a lot of that. Check that stuff out at Number Fire because that's a lot of fun. Everyone loves March Madness. Um, but we probably won't, I don't know. When are we going to record again? Like a month? Yeah, I would say, I would say probably early April, maybe mid, mid April. Yeah. I, got also, a, I, I got, I got some, I got to move into a house too. So it's going to oh, be. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, everybody needs to wish congratulations to JJ because he is a, he is a young man with a big old house. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so that's, you. that's, and that, that's, that's great. Congratulations. Thank you, Denny. Uh, so once that, once that's situated and and whatnot, then we'll probably record again. But you know, by that point, I mean, what's, what's really going to change. That's what we say now. And then Chip Kelly's going to sell his team to, to, to like Portland or something. And they're going to move. Yeah. Cause the, it's his team that he can do that. Well, I mean, I, I think that that was like the, the terms of the deal he struck last year, but yeah. <laughs> exactly. um, but yeah, I mean, so, so much will change. I, I know people are doing MFL 10s and, and stuff, but if, if you're just doing redraft, it's good to keep tabs. Yeah. But don't 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 um, I don't know. Try not to fall head over heels for a player quite yet. Yeah, and if you have any recommendations of what you want us to cover, um, I'm thinking probably next we'll do something on like best ball leagues. Um, but if you if if you guys have any recommendations, hit us up on Twitter, and we'll definitely um, we'll definitely take them into consideration because the off season can sometimes be slow. Yes, yes, do do that. And please keep tolerating my self-retweets. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you in about a month. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the Internet Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out Sure about the teams and as we live, live in the street.
live in the stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share a 